0: Welcome to Nature Therapy Online. Hello folks and welcome to episode 21 of Nature Therapy Online. My name's Stephen McCabe, and I'm an ecotherapist based in Midlothian, Scotland. And this podcast is all about healing with nature and how ways that we can connect with the beautiful planet that we're on as a, as a form of therapy in itself, um, how we can live more closely with nature. And there are many ways of doing that um one thing that i do occasionally on my podcast here for those of you who are new is tell nature stories every now and then so um that's what i'm planning for today and uh it's a, this is a story that touches on a few themes um obviously as you'll hear there's a lot of um nature connection in the story um And there's also a theme of uh, love between a human and a pet, and I thought this would be an interesting story to tell, not just for the nature element in the story, but also to touch on that subject as well a little bit, and it's probably something we can talk about in future podcasts. But some people consider um, pet therapy in itself as a form of ecotherapy, you know, connecting with animals with our fairy friends you know coming away from ourselves and 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 you know acknowledging our, our pets as as other other beings that other species that we can you know form this beautiful relationship with so um that's a few themes that are covered in this in in this story um I'm not going to give the story a name before I start because I want you to um, be surprised perhaps by where it goes because I, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it features a very special symbol that I think you'll probably recognise. So, here's the story. The old lady lives in a small hut. The forest Is not huge. It's quite small actually. But it's full of very dense trees and shrubs. The hut itself is not much more than a shed. There are no pathways there. It's just one little old lady living with her best friend out in nature. The forest is not far from a river called the Sumida River. Gorgeous river, so clean, so beautiful, so peaceful. So many people from across the country travel on this river and hop off a new and exciting part of the country they've not been to before for adventure and to find places in nature where they feel comfortable and can let go of their minds. But this lady, for all of the poverty that she lives in, because she does live in poverty, she's extremely poor. She feels rich with nature every morning. She breathes in the fresh air. She listens to the sound of all kinds of animals scurrying about in the trees. Even the occasional snake that she hears going through the grass, she finds her peaceful sound She's not frightened of any animals. She feels at home with them. But the animal that she loves the most of all is her little pet cat. And this little pet cat is gorgeous. He's got tortoiseshell colours, patches of orange and black and white over his body. He's quite plump. His fare is always so clean. The cat washes himself so much and he's got these gorgeous blue eyes that seem to shine when you look at them. And he follows round his owner, the old lady with the with the hunchback and the, the eyesight that's beginning to fail her. He follows her around, meowing, giving her friendship when she takes a walk through the forest, which isn't very far to the river, to do some fishing. She catches fish. She shares it with the cat and he's always there. He just looks up at her with those little eyes and he always gets the first fish. No matter how poor this lady is, the cat is well fed. And at night time, in the winter seasons when it's so cold in the hut. In this place where all she has is a statue of the Buddha, some clay that she makes little ornaments with and sells for a little bit of cash and a little futon on the floor that she sleeps on. The cat crawls into bed with her in those winter months when it's snowing and it's freezing cold and he just puts his little paws on her. He gets under the sheet and he just keeps her warm with his pairing. <sniffs> the soft little paws press on her like he's massaging her. like He's just giving her happiness. He keeps her warm. But one year, as the spring came round, they were enjoying such a beautiful day, both of them. She'd gone out to the river But for some reason, this spring, there didn't seem to be so many fish around in the Sumida River, you know, and that would surprise anybody who knows the Sumida River this, you know, in this day and age, because this river is actually um, north of the metropolis of Tokyo now, and anyone who knows that river knows there are plenty of fish in the Sumida. But for some reason, there wasn't this time, and... She was getting really hungry and the cat was getting really hungry. And this is what broke her heart that she couldn't feed the kitty. And he'd look up at her with his gorgeous blue eyes, like Wow. Meow. meow. Sometimes he could be quite annoying with that meow actually, just following her around endlessly, but it was just breaking her heart. But they decided to, or she decided to at least, put the hunger out of her mind for this day. She tried with her net, she tried with her fishing rod. And she just decided it was such a gorgeous day. She would lie back with the kitty, put hunger out of her mind and just enjoy being here and being alive. She took the little sandals off her feet and she dipped her old feet into the river. It was so cool and fresh. There were cherry blossom trees coming into full bloom and they lined all along the river. The soft pink petals were just floating on the top of the water. The fresh sound of the water was there as she lied back, feeling like she was a part of the water itself, just tuning into that calming sound. She could breathe in the freshness, the sweetness of the blossom, the slight dampy dew in the air. It was such a beautiful day. It was enough to tune her out of the grumbling in his stomach. But she heard a man arriving on a boat. A tourist had arrived, and when he arrived and he saw her with the kitty, he was full of compliments like a lot of people were for how beautiful this cat was. He gave them some fish, and they shared the fish, and the old lady was very grateful for this. The cat devoured the fish in seconds. It was... um, It was an unsightly moment actually. The lady was almost embarrassed. And the man looked down and he knew that they were poor. And he says, you know, this is the most beautiful cat I've ever seen. And I can see that you're struggling to make ends meet and you're struggling to look after this kitty. So I will buy him from you. And the old lady Oh, I couldn't, he's he's my best friend, you know. I just, this is the only creature I have in my life. I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't. But he keeps on, he almost plays on the guilt of, you know, how she's struggling to feed the cat, how the cat is looking a bit scrawny and starting to lose his weight. And she gives in, she sells the cat. The man takes the cat away in the box. She hears it going away, she feels the regret. As she watches him carry off the cat in the box, and she hears him meowing she goes back to her hut and she cries herself to sleep every night. What have I done? It even feels colder now, even though it's the spring than it did in the winter, because she doesn't have a little cat to keep her warm. But then one night, she falls into this psychedelic dream. It's the most strange dream she's ever had. It doesn't even seem like things are happening. It's just like a whirl of colour and sound. All the colours of the rainbow you can imagine swirling around and these strange sounds like a somewhere in between a thunderstorm and a cat's pair. But eventually it becomes a cat's pairing and you can hear it. She starts to settle into the sound of the brrr. and she sees in the middle of all this psychedelic swell, the cat's head. He's there, and he can talk. He has the power of speech, and he says to her, Make me in clay. Then, of course, being a cat, he makes a load of hideous sound afterwards, surely. Like, A little bit like that sound that cats make in the middle of the night when they're attacking each other, and it kind of, you know broke this special moment in the dream for her a little bit, startled her and woke her up. All she had was that terrible ringing in the ears, the sound of the alley cats that fight. But then she recalled the words. It's the middle of the night. It's cold. She puts her arms around her chest and she remembers what the cat says. Make me in clay. Now i mentioned earlier in the story that she makes tiny little ornaments doesn't sell them for very much it's one thing that she has is is clay it's what she invests in because it's the one thing she can do but she looks up at an entire stock which sits on the shelf next to the buddha that she meditates with and prays to sometimes and she takes the whole lot, and she just is driven by this force. She wakes throughout the night into the morning, just blending and recreating her beautiful cat in clay. She makes the most incredible ornament, and for some reason, she is driven to do a strange thing that nobody's ever done with an ornament before. She creates an arm that's in the air that can actually move. She attaches a little, a little spring that she has, and the arm moves backward and forth in a beckoning motion. This is what the cat did in the dream. It moved its hand back and forth, almost as if to say, come here. Come here. Come here. And she managed to recreate this. It was the most strange ornament ever. And in her exhaustion, she put it outside the hut. She felt like this would keep her safe somehow. It was like her cat was there watching over her. She went back into a deep sleep, but then was just woken up by the sound of somebody knocking at the door. This... Agency. She opens the door, and there's another tourist here. Someone's found the hut and he is in awe. He's picking up this cat and he says, How much can I give you for this incredible item? Look at how the arm moves. He's just laughing at it. He thinks it's hilarious that this cat is beckoning. And he said, Well, you put it outside the house. It was beckoning me. It was it was inviting me to come. So I came and I want to give you a lot of money for this cat. Now, I don't know what the currency was in Japan back then and how much was a lot of money, but I do know it was a lot of money. She sold the cat without hesitation. She took the money. With this money, she was able to repair every crack in her hut. She could have bought another five huts if she wanted to. She ate delicious food. She bought all the things she needed to, utensils to cook with, to replace all those terrible pots that she had, that she'd been reusing for years and needed to get rid of. But just as she was about to spend the last penny, the sensible part of herself said, buy more clay. And that's what she did. And she created more of these waving cats. And she put them all outside of a hut. And sometimes she would take them to the river and she became rich. These cats with the waving arm became a cultural symbol, really quickly. Everybody wanted them. Because every time she sold one of these cats, she would tell the person who she sold it to the story of where it came from. She would say, my beautiful cat came to me in the dream. It's my cat, my lucky cat, that told me to do this. My beautiful cat understood why I gave him away. My beautiful friend came to me in a vision and provided for me in the way that I provided for him all of those years. And when people heard of the story behind this cat, they started to put it in their shop windows and in their homes as a symbol of good luck and as a symbol of wealth and as a symbol of what a true friendship can be, a welcoming symbol. Come in, spend your money here. find friendship in here. Welcome. A lot of messages. Now, if you go to Japan, to China, Korea, North or South, Taiwan, a lot of countries in that region of the world, you will see this image everywhere in every shop. Maybe not every shop, but perhaps a lot of shops, homes, the symbol is everywhere. And even in the West, I know where I'm from in Liverpool, every Chinese chip shop has a uh, has a waving cat in the window. And I think you know the symbol. It's called the Maneki Neko cat. And that was the story about where this cat came from, from this beautiful friendship with this old lady who gave up so much to look after him and even gave up the friendship when she couldn't look after him anymore as a sign of generosity and the cat looked after her in return and that's why it's seen as a symbol of good luck now sometimes people when they see the arm it looks like it's waving like it's a waving cat so in the west you know our beckoning sign we would hold our hand towards us as if to, uh, as if to say come here but in japan you put your hands in the opposite direction or at least that was at the time of the story um, i'm not sure if that would still be the case now but i think probably um so a lot of people see it as a wave but it's a it's a welcoming sign it's saying come here and as i told this story to you i'm looking at my own little maneki neko right across from me in the little attic where i live here in scotland so far away from japan and yet this story just has touched me so much that i wanted to share it with you and and i hope you found it as as moving as as moving as i did so next time you see a beckoning maneki neko cat think of the old lady and know where it comes from so that is the story of the maneki neko and i hope you enjoyed it folks and, um, yeah, if you would like to find out more about the work I do with Ecotherapy Online and the, the nature therapy services that I provide, then visit me at naturetherapyonline.net. Um, and it would be really lovely if wherever you listen to your podcasts, you could maybe leave a little review or a, a rating. And I would also just love to hear from people. I'd love to hear your ideas about any any things you'd like me to cover on the show, you know nature connection is such a huge and broad thing you know for me i tell a lot of stories because i'm also a storyteller and that's something that is part of my work but for a lot of people um art is a big part of nature therapy and you know obviously mindfulness something that i bring into a lot of my work is a part of it as well so um so yeah give me your ideas get in touch let's uh let's you know let's let's talk you know it's nice to know that i'm not just Sitting here alone in my attic, talking to talking to nobody except for the obviously the maneki neko who I am looking at now, and and funnily enough, my little black cat called Kathy. She's sat next to me today. Um, people who listen regularly regularly I struggle with that word sometimes will know that it's often my uh, it's my dog Yoro who's sitting next to me and and digging holes in the sofa, but today it's Kathy, little black cat. I think she she came as a sign. She knew it was the episode for her. I think. So thanks for tuning in, folks. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have a lovely week. You take care. Thanks again. Enjoy nature. Enjoy life. And bye-bye. Visit me online at naturetherapyonline.net